This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. And today I got a chance to talk to Carol Travis. I just met you, Carol, and when they said your name was Travis, I started thinking, could she be related to Bob Travis, who is in all the history books, passing in and out, but they never tell who he is or anything more about him. What's your relationship? Uh, I'm his only child. Um, he had me when I, uh, when he was like 37. Um, so I'm 78 now. Mm -hmm. uh, he was born in uh, 1905, I think. There was always a dispute about when he was born because he changed his age a couple of times when he was young to work in the plants. To get, to get the job. Yeah. So this was uh, during the Depression when he started working in the, in the automobile industry, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the first time I hear about him is he was in the Autolite fight. He didn't yes. work at Autolite, but he was, he was part of their uh, picket line, picket organizing, right? Yes, he was. And he tells a story about it that... Um, uh, I tried to find in the Toledo Bay Blade archives, and I never really tracked it down. But the story he told me, <clears throat> he told it to me, um, and he cried after he told it. Um, and I'll tell you the story. Um, <clears throat> he said, uh, or this is when he cried. He's, there was the, uh, the strike was going on, and... Uh, they were losing, and the the amalgamated local that he was part of, he, um, even though he wasn't an Autolite, he was at one of the other places that was represented by the amalgamated local. Um, and um, they decided on a Thursday that they would have to do something dramatic for the following Monday because they were it, it, things were getting um, weren't moving. So they leafleted um, all over the area, uh, not just Toledo, but the surrounding areas. And they just sent out a lot of information to please come and support the strikers on Monday. And so Monday, thousands of people showed up and circled the plant. And that's when he kind of cried. He said, you know, sometimes people surprise you um and uh, this is one of those times anyway so they circled the plant and um then the um police came out and the, i don't know if it was the national guard i think it was just police or whatever anyway a line of police uh uh amassed across the street from the plant and the in across the street from the picketers. And he was going down the picket line talking to people and a gun went off and the man standing next to him was hit in the stomach. And um, uh, so, you know, it, it created this uh, uh, horrible moment of tension and fear and so on. And uh, so the workers, uh, got the man and took him away and so on. But there was like um, real tension in the air. And um, the mayor, uh, he told me, 
came of Toledo came out into the middle of the street waving a handkerchief. And um, so my father went out to meet him and um, he said the mayor was, was talking blah, 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 like this. He was shaking him and was a, because he was afraid that it was going to be a, a total riot and, and um, <clears throat> a bloodbath. And so my father said to him, you order all of your men to stand still and I'm going to go down the line of the cops and smell everybody's weapon. So you order them right now just to hope. And um, <clears throat> so he did. And that kind of diffused the situation because the the strikers were being in charge in that sense of what was continuing and had some authority. And um, uh, I don't, he, he didn't, he said the man survived, the man who was hit. Um, and um, he, he said he never found the, he said, of course, I never found the, the weapon that was discharged, but it diffused, it diffused the situation. Anyway, that was one story, one of a million stories. The Toledo auto strike was the first sit down in America, was it not? Uh, either, there was also a, um, now my memory is, is fading, there was a, another sit down um, at a, an electrical plant, I want to say Marshalls, but I don't think it's it, but there was, an, there was one other um, but it may be that uh, uh, Autolite was first and that was second and so on, and uh, Flint came later. It really came from the French. The French were doing uh, sit-down strikes, and, and activists who were connected to international consciousness and movements were, were told about, you know, what was going on in other countries and workers' movements because people cared. You know. mm -hmm. And at that time, it was really dangerous. Now, we're talking about actually before the CIO was started, or at least before it became the Congress of Industrial uh, Organizations. Yeah. It may have yeah. been a committee for industrial organizing back in those days. It was mostly, it was mostly uh, AFL, and it was an amalgamated AFL uh, local. And um, it was dangerous. There, there's another time, which is later, when he was in Flint, where he was driving from Flint, I think, to uh, Kalamazoo. And um, he, was, he was in a car. They had, he, he had a car for the, for the union. And um, uh, some guys ran him off the road and um, got him out of the car, took his car keys, uh, threw his car keys in a, a cornfield and were, um, you know, jostling him. And he went into the cornfield to get the keys and they began shooting at him. And um, he, uh, you know, to make him kind of jump and stuff, but they were kind of getting wound up. And a, a woman came along in a car and stopped when she saw this. And she got out of the car and she said, what's going on here? And the man left 
And he considered that woman somebody who saved his life because it was an escalating game they were playing with him. Um, another time he was beaten so badly he was uh, blind for three days um, in the hospital. But yes, it was, it was a dangerous time. That's when he worked for General Motors at Flint? That's when he was organizing in, in, in uh, Flint, yes. Yeah. Everybody thinks Walter Ruther ran the strike at Flint that got the General Motors, uh, that got the UAW started. But that's not true, is it? No, Walter had nothing to do with it. Victor had some things to do with it, and so did um, the other brother. I want to say Alan, Roy. but it's not Alan because Roy. Mm -hmm. Alan is Roy's son. Um, <laughs> but Roy, right. Roy and Victor had things to do with the strike. Um, but my father was the designated official director and was really um, the leader. And uh, Victor would even say that to me. Victor told me a story about my father when I was in Flint at the 50th anniversary of uh, the strike where there was a big parade and, um, or the year of the strike, it wasn't in the winter. And uh, it was the first time I met uh, Victor. And um, so he was, he and Sophie um, took me under their wing. I was, uh, I was president of my local already. Uh, we could do, <laughs> it's too we could late do a for that. More. We could do a dozen more and still not have talked right. about the importance of Bob Travis in uh, American labor history. And just in general, the fact that so much of American labor history is missing. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat. We'll be back.